0: I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and Opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to another episode of Better Podcasting Live, whatever we're calling this. We've been thrown out live chat. We've been thrown out live Q&A. We've been thrown out fireside talk with Stephen and SP, but we're not by the fireside. But I am Stephen Jodhry, and I am pleased to say SP's here.
1: I do have a fireplace about, I don't know, 10 feet over there. I could actually move over there into a mobile setup, and then we... Literally have a fire. Matter of fact, let's do that next time. If it's still cold out, I, I will do that next time. We'll have a fireside chat. I'll tell my wife to go hide in a closet somewhere. And I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. By the way, let's call it BP live with SJ and SP.
0: Sure. Uh, I'll screw that up a thousand times. It'd be like SJ live with SP and BP. What? Oh, so confusing. So confusing.
1: As long as it's not with an STD.
0: If this is the first time you're checking this out, number one, there's only one back episode. Get in on it now. Go listen to the back catalog, assuming it's posted. Uh, Secondly, (laughs) we do stream uh, lives uh, during our off weeks. So head to Geeks.Live at 8 p.m. Eastern, all Tuesdays if you'd like. And every other Tuesday, we are doing a live chat. And that's basically our, quote, off weeks of Better Podcasting Proper, the regular show. Uh, That's right. The regular proper show is every other week. Uh, it's bi-weekly now, so we fill in that with a live show, just a short QA and a a short talking about something podcast-related, just P- whatever's on our Quality assurance,
1: mind. QA, is that what we're doing, quality? Uh,
0: no, no, I don't no, want no to. No one to ever
1: accuses us of quality, that's what I was going for. <laughs>
0: Especially with a live show that you and I do.
1: Uh, this is just shooting the bull, talking about podcasting and anything else, our listeners and guests in the chat want to talk about, by the way, we do stream this live at geeks.live, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, every other Tuesday. There is a live chat. Go in and get in on it now like Liberty Dude is. We also have a lot of questions that were sent to us through social media. So we'll be talking about those today and we'll be talking about what's been going on in our equipment, podcasting lives, sort of tech lives, whatever, in the last couple of weeks. So I got
0: rid of all of my equipment. All of it's gone. I'm not using a microphone today.
1: Well, I heard that you were considering moving to back to your condenser microphone.
0: (gasps) I have to admit that uh, I'm not thinking about going back to a condenser microphone. However, I saw somebody um, on Twitter mention a certain microphone that I hadn't seen yet. And it's not terribly expensive. It's. I was just sort of curious what it was about. And it was a condenser. I didn't order it, though, because I have restraint. But I was thinking, like, it's been a while since I've tried one of those. I wouldn't want to try it for my regular show because I got kids that are yet loud. I got an echoey room. But it, it intrigued me enough because it was very visually different as well. And a lot of reviews were comparing it to microphones quite a bit more expensive. So the two of those things together had me, like, Very interested in it. But again, I'm not willing to spend money on it because I just, I don't see where I would use it other than, oh, I did a little test and then maybe dig it out every now and then to go with a laptop while I go stand in my closet and record something.
1: If you did like it, you'd find excuses to use it like you did with the Gonna Geek uh, opening that you did when (laughs) you filmed yourself like 10 different times with GarageBand instruments actually being the better, or the uh, Gonna Geek band, the live band. I think you would have pulled out the microphone for that.
0: Let's talk about that then right now. Uh, If you didn't know this, uh, SP and I do another show called The Official Getting Geek Show. We're a show that we talk weekly about various geek things. We do it with the wonderful Chris Farrell, past guest of this show. And he uh, and uh, Chris made a little bit of a comment to me a couple of weeks ago. Actually, it was mostly SP. What happened was uh, off the cuff at the top of the show, SP made a comment that he was rocking out to our Gonna Geek intro music saying that uh, we should have a live band that does it. And so I made a joke saying, well, we do have a live band, which SP said, well, then you need to set up a camera. So what I did the the, the weekend after our last uh, live Q&A chat over here, uh, the what I ended up doing was recorded myself as sp said playing a bunch of different uh, rock band instruments to the going geek intro and it was in front of a green screen and then i stitched it all together on a stage so uh, it was the gonna geek show band now this sounds absolutely stupid and it was it was absolutely stupid but i did it for fun because it was just an uh, timely the following week i had this ready to go it's a little promo video that'll sit on our youtube for a while We've done a little bit of jokes here on this show. We've done some sh- uh, jokes on the Guinea Geek show. And I'm always willing to spend a lot of time doing these stupid little gags because they're fun for me just to put out there and just show some of the fun that I'm having doing podcasting. Even if it's a video form, it's still related to the podcast. So this isn't the first time I've done a, a silly little uh, sketch like this or sketch uh, like this. Skit, that's the word I was looking for. It won't be the last time by any means.
1: Or sketchy. So <laughs> I think it's important to note. So you have done wonderful things with the Christmas special with the Guinea Geek show over the past few years. But it's a horrible time to do something special. Why? Because you are so busy with everything else. Plus, we end the year with two shows, both with Guinea Geek and Better Podcasting. So we can take two weeks off with both shows and just enjoy the family so it's just a terrible time to do something like that but if you could do something out of cycle like you did with the gonna gleek show which you can find at gonnagleek.com if you were a glee fan you might enjoy that or if you do something like this out of cycle and by out of cycle i just mean out of the holidays so you're not busy trying to do 10 different things at once i think it's important to take time off when you can on a three-day weekend or take time off from work, like you have a staycation or whatever, and do something fun. you We always advocate stepping back from podcasting for a little bit. But if you could do something fun with podcasting, not only does that enhance your enjoyment of it, but you actually experimented with some new tools during that, which you wouldn't have otherwise.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I could have done the green screening in Magic's uh, movie studio but instead in a humble bundle a little bit ago i ended up getting oh now i can't remember the name of it uh something something pro i'll I'll think of it and uh, oh hit film pro and so i thought well i'll give it a try there and i think that the manipulation that i had with the green screening was better than the uh, chroma key pro that i have in magic's movie studio But it was also just a gateway to try some other things because I think I'm going to be able to use HitFilm Pro a little bit better for some intros and things like that, depending on what I've got in mind, maybe some drone stuff. But it was just a nice way for me to try a new tool. And I made that active decision. I actually started in Magic's movie studio and then went, wait a minute, I remember seeing this. Let's try this. And so uh, definitely I'm an advocate if you're doing something just for fun and you're not on a time crunch give it something to try because it's really good just to sort of throw your feet in or, or dive in head first, whatever that saying is, SP. Do it. Just immerse <laughs> yourself.
1: Just going to let you hang there, <laughs> Mr. Curling.
0: <laughs> um. Also, by the way, I wanted to quickly give a shout out to Mr. Josh Liston. Josh Liston, by the way, he's a great example of somebody who you can have fun interacting with in regard to your show. Back to the Gunner Geek show. Uh, occasionally over there, I like to bring up something that's maybe not the most favorable of Apple, and I sort of pay up, play it up a little bit. Like I'm the Apple and the anti Apple guy, and that's not the case. Like I, I am a, a Windows and an Android guy, but I kind of play it up a little more than. Than is authentic over there just for a
1: fun. Sure. You are totally anti Apple. (laughs) Don't try to sweep that (laughs) under the rug. But
0: anyways, (laughs) Josh, he uh, regularly will interact with us when we bring up a story that is maybe not the most favorable for Apple. And again, over on the Guinea geek show, he had a little bit of a fun tweet over this past weekend with us uh, where he was calling us out against windows, basically uh, sort, of, sort of playing ball with us in regard to some of the topic we had on there. So then, you know, I just made a comment back. And it's just if you know that listener and you've got experience playing a little bit back and forth with the listener, it can be a fun way just to have some fun engagement on the show. And that's something that I really enjoyed uh, with Josh over the weekend. And and again, I know Josh, so I'm comfortable having these conversations. You never want to put someone down, but it's just I, I thought it was worth a mention because we we're talking about the Gonna Geek Show.
1: Yeah, you always want to be uplifting when you're dealing with listeners. And if you do single a listener out, try to do so in a way that doesn't alienate the rest of your audience. You want to be inclusive with your podcast. Now, you can't appeal to everybody, but your regular audience, your audience that you're trying to appeal to, you don't want to alienate them by pandering to just one individual. And I was listening to some other shows that brought up a singular individual more so than anybody else and i will tell you me as a listener i got tired of hearing it and i just thought it was me but then the person that was doing the podcast went ahead and said yeah i've gotten some messages back saying you need to cut off with the individual name sort of stuff with that specific individual and then the podcaster did and then about six months later (laughs) the name started to appear back but i think six months is a good time in between now do you want to wait that long? before naming good key listeners to your podcast, engaged listeners, probably not, but if you're doing it like 10 times every show, it's, it's time to move on from that individual. Other than that, Joshua is great for interacting. He's also interacting on our discord server, which you can find at betterpodcastingcom slash discord. And he actually gave us a question regarding the roadcaster pro.
0: He did actually, uh, he had said, as I scroll to get used to this new format of randomly being thrown questions. Uh, he said, uh, uh, dream upgrades to Roadcaster Pro version two. And so this was just a whole, like a general question that he was theorizing about um, asking what people's thoughts were in regards to what their dream upgrades would be for the Roadcaster Pro version two. And he had said high quality combo jacks, more granular noise gate controls, Unity on the fader being more obvious, voice profiling that works out uh, your voice tone and strengths for you. Uh, what else would you like to see in version two? I thought that was a really interesting idea. I'll be honest, as I look at this list, I don't know that I need. I see uh, a version two out of his requests. I see different software on version one.
1: Uh, no, the high quality combo jacks. That's something that. If you could get uh, a a really good, like an Apollo 8P sort of uh, preamp st- into those jacks.
0: I stand corrected on that. I, I did look over that. But like the Unity on the fader, I absolutely think that still could be done by software, especially if you couple it with like an on-screen fader. Uh, the noise gate controls, same thing. Um, voice profiling probably could do that as well. Uh, but... I I think that that's the nice thing about the RODECaster Pro. And, and I've made it no secret. I think there are shortcomings that that is with it. But I do like how we have seen them continue to evolve the software and sometimes quite drastically. So it shows that if there is enough demand, maybe some of these things could be checked off with version one.
1: So you could control everything on the board as it is now, especially through the little screen. It's a touchscreen, right, that they have. And you can control everything through that. My question to you, Steven, and I honestly don't know since I don't have one to play with. Is there a GUI? Is there something on your computer that you could control it via USB on your computer and have a more enhanced screen on your computer?
0: I don't know. I, I don't know the hardware limitations, but I don't see why there wouldn't be given that there's multi-track audio going in and out. And you've also got the ability to load sounds onto it via USB. I don't see why not. Um, but Maybe there's some USB limitation. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, Also, by the way, uh, which, by the way, if you want to go ahead and give us feedback on there, maybe head over to discord.com slash or betterpodcasting.com slash discord, maybe.
1: Or discord.com slash betterpodcasting.com slash US slash UK slash.
0: won't take you anywhere. That's not going to happen. (laughs)
1: <laughs> trying to do my best Cody Gah in, in, in intimidation, in what, whatever you Intimidation. Call it. Anyway.
0: You're trying to intimidate Go- Cody Gah.: I always
1: intimidate Cody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, okay. So before we get off of this point here, I want to ask you, I know you haven't actually played firsthand with a Roadcaster Pro other than smelling one.
1: Um, I've actually handled one, a okay. couple of them, actually. Uh,
0: okay. What would you like to see?
1: Well, I'm older, so my eyes are kind of squinty. I would like to see a bigger screen on it. it take a look at even a, a a plus size phone type deal where you have a really high resolution screen on. You could do a lot with that. I would also like to see. I was thinking about this some way that you could pipe in multi channel from multiple different communication platforms, say like Skype or. Ringer or, or chat, uh, clean feed or squadcast or something like that. So you could try to start multi-tracking not through individual communication devices or programs, but through multiple programs. Maybe that would be a way th- to it. And since you have so many channels going back and forth in the USB, maybe maybe that's a way to do it. But I I don't know what the limit. It would happen to be the limitation on the computer. Would be the thing. I was just trying to think. It has one TRRS jack, so you could go back and forth with a phone there, and then back and forth with like Skype or Cleanfig or something ringer on your computer. So you could have two that way. But if you're trying to do like I'm trying to do Legends of Shield, and I'm trying to multi-track locally, which I can't do because I can't do the NDI with different people, and and I can't do the the separate sound. Cards and stuff like that. If if I could find a way to do it through software, multi-track through software on the board, I'd be happier with it. I, I realize that programs do it in the cloud, but I've been bitten by that so much. Matter of fact, a co-host of mine was just talking about backups. It was Michelle on on Legends of Shield. We were talking about backups. She actually runs a backup. She runs H, Zoom H5 and she runs Audacity to back it up all the time. And she said she learned. It for me, and that got me thinking of the first two podcasts that I did that I lost. One was a one that I was guesting on. It was Galfrey Public Radio, and I really enjoyed the conversation of that show. And then it never came out, and it was like weeks later. I went to Kier and I went to Jay, and I was like, "Hey guys, you know, was I that bad? Is is that why you didn't push the show out?" And actually, that might have been the case, but in reality they said, no, 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 Uh, we lost the recordings. So they lost the recordings on their end, or so they told me. I will take them at face value. So that was number one. Number two was one of the early Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes that I was producing, and nobody got a good recording. And I think a couple of us thought we were recording, but we weren't. So we got to the end of the show, and we're like, ah. And that was one that we re-recorded. So the one that I was a guest on with... Gallifrey Public Radio, we did not re-record, but Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. we did re-record. We re-recorded two days later, and I'll tell you, the conversation was just not as spontaneous as it was the first time, and it wasn't the best show. It was the early crew as we took over Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's not the current crew that we had, so it it was... um, I I wish we would have had that first recording.
0: Another question that we were asked, which I thought was Fairly interesting was other than specific SEO to attract new listeners to your website, not hosting site. What are the advantages of episode per blog post on a personal website? I do have pod events, hashtag pod, pod rev day info, and a few other things that could use attention. But with 120 plus episodes, this can take a lot of time. This was from Stephanie Fuccio. I got to say that one of the biggest advantages that I think you've got other than SEO is the ability to reference more complex material on your show. So like for better podcasting, we always have uh, at least one website that we'll refer to in our download because usually our better podcasting download is inspired by something that we saw on the internet. So we can go and we can post that link there to the blog post and and really get that in there. And we can reference that and we can give a snapshot and then send people over to that. Um, and really just the ability to expand upon what you've got in the show. That's sort of what I think about, you know, one one uh, episode per blog post sort of thing is being able to really expand on that. Now, that's not to say you can't do that on a hosting site, but I think that that's one of the biggest advantages to putting a little bit of time into that. And I understand it can be difficult to do your back catalog Early and better podcasting, we did not reference all or put all of the links in there all the time, and they're still sitting, sitting without them because of the fact that I, uh, I'm not going to go back and do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I started to go back and redo a lot of the Starling Tribune, early Starling Tribune episodes, and I still will from time to time, but it takes a long time, and the show's over now, so what use is it other than vanity of just trying to complete the project after graduation day sort of thing. Uh, the one thing that I would say, first of all, is if you have the URL to your show, like we do here on betterpodcasting.com or yourhobbypodcast.com, make sure that goes to your pages that you're trying to promote rather than your hosting site. The other thing that you could do is turn off your hosting site, but you have to make sure that everything that you need from a website is available On your website versus your hosting site. For instance, Google Podcasts, that requires a simple tag at the top of your page that you're pointing people to for your podcast. If you don't have that coding on the top of the page, it's not visible, it's in in the header of the page, then uh, Google Podcasts won't index your show. And I think that's a big thing. So if you want to enhance people towards your website. And I'm not a web developer, by the way. Steven does all that stuff. I can do it, but I choose not to. So my knowledge is a little dated here. However, I will say, make sure you have the URL. Make sure it's pointed to whatever page that you're promoting. Make sure that that page has all your contact information, including subscribe information on it. And then make sure that it has all the coding on it that you need for a podcast. To do so,
0: like a chocolate coating, or like like a what type of coating?
1: You, do you have Dairy Queen up there? Yeah, we do. Yeah, I, I like the vanilla cones with the hard chocolate yeah. coating. Okay, yeah.
0: that makes sense. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, no, no, coding <laughs> c o d i n g, like the actual web coding. The yeah, uh, I I know what is it? it's uh, in the header, right, Stephen?
0: Yeah, the the code. For, yeah, like
1: for for the Google Podcast stuff.
0: Yeah, I don't remember the technical specs. I'd have to look it up. Okay. Um, Before we hop off, this one last thing that I want to say about the advantages um, about uh, an episode per blog post on a personal website. If you are sending people there, you can use your site for your cross promotion. So like you could have your personal website, have a link to multiple podcasts if you do that, or multiple creator endeavors or easy access to your social media or whatever. So you're driving some people to somewhere that they can see this more information. Um,
1: Something that is not that big right now, but I could see could be bigger and bigger just in the next year or two, is those podcast IMDB sort of stuff. And Podchaser is one. Podchaser is the big one that we know of right now. I would say Podchaser is the IMDB of podcasts right now, but I don't know if it will be forever. Just make sure you're listed properly in Podchaser. Including all your contact information, your websites and stuff like that.
0: Before we go to another question we had, uh Bang's Naughty Bits has now joined our live chat. Again, geeks.live. We have a live chat. Uh, and he is saying in regards to the Rodecaster Pro question that Josh so wonderfully brought up, he says RF64 uh or brought yeah, or broadcast or polywave, but without a four gigabyte hard coded no a hard limit
1: limit yeah limit
0: hard coded yeah
1: yeah, the four gig, and after four gigabytes are done, it shuts off the file and starts a new one, right, yeah,
0: and yeah. Th- this is that harkens back to file storage, and I think it was fat formatting, um yeah, no, it wasn't fat because I think fat was a little smaller than that. I don't know, anyways, it does harken back to that because one of the devices that we talked about really, really early in the days of better podcasting is the. Let me see if I get this right. The HAPOG. Uh, there we go. I think I said it right. The HAPOG. I think you did. HAPOG PVR Rocket, which is a video capture device. And when I first got it, one of the first things I did, of course, was update the firmware because it had been around for a while. And the firmware that I'd updated said that they no longer split the videos at four gigabytes. There is a way that you could disable that. And so that is uh, the case that like, I want to bring that up because if I'm able to record an HDMI video that is taking live video and recording it into a file and go over that four gigabytes, why are we limiting the the polywaves to that? So it's my
1: question. It could just be that they don't want the, it, it might've been a loss prevention. Like, let's make sure that we cut it off so that the file completes so that at least you have that part of the file. Hmm.
0: And Bangs is saying XFAT or NTFS.
1: Yes, XFAT or NTFS. Yeah, I deal with that all the time when formatting larger drives.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Wave had a four gig limit. I didn't know that. Learn oh, yeah, something new every day. Yeah. Uh, we also, by the way, had Randy ask us a very astute question. Uh, he, do you want to take it or should I? It's it's a very complicated question. You're going to want sit, to sit by your device that you're listening to us on right now or watching us on. And get ready. It's very complex. SP, you want to take it?
1: Yeah. Randy Walker asked us, will you listen to my podcast?
0: <laughs> I like it, Randy. A for effort. Uh, yeah, definitely.
1: And and, 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 and I will. I, yeah. I, I, I will. You send me a particular episode. If there's one that you're fond of, send it to me. And it's not like I'm being snobbish. It's literally I have a hard time finding time To listen to podcasts now, I know I've said that I've listened to podcasts at work, but I have more people reporting to me now, and they're always coming to my desks to uh, have conversations. So I have found that if I put my headphones on, they're on for 30 seconds maximum before somebody comes over and says, (laughs) hey, SP." Like, Okay, hey. So I've given up trying to listen to podcasts at work right now.
0: Fair enough. Um, also, uh, when Kelly Charles asked, uh, what's the best way to make new contact at a conference? Because I'm going to Podfest next week.
1: Well, first of all, yeah. If, if you're worried about coronavirus, wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a real thing right now. Uh, it depends on what kind of contact you're talking about. If you're trying to make a new friend, that's different from trying to make a business associate. So, I, I, I don't know exactly, but she's going to PodFest and I'm just guessing, knowing when, that she just wants to be more uh, conversant within the podcasting community. And just she likes talking to people too. Uh, so, the, what's the best way? I would just roll up, and there's bound to be groups of people. And I would just roll up to a group of people joining the conversation. You know, if they're saying something that you're interested in, just pipe up with something that you are also interested in. Uh, it shows common interests. And and it shows that you're interested in what they're saying. Uh, if you're going around to booths, and I think PodFest has booths, uh, they have a, a show floor space. Uh, I would uh, you read the signage, and then I would do some critical thinking, and I will make an astute observation about something that either interests me or that just catches my eye. And it's called critical thinking, astute critical thinking. And all you're doing is you're just trying to figure out the subject that's in front of you, there's always another layer behind something. There's always meaning. Even the Get a Geek marquee that you gave me to show in the background at conventions, there's more meaning behind that.
0: I got two thoughts on this. Number one, do something that I know you can do very well, which is use hashtags, okay? I have seen this with every single event that you have attended, SP. I've seen this with every single event when I ran the comic book website. You go on social media and you make a general post. I'm at whatever way it is, like Facebook you're tagging usually, Twitter, you are hashtagging. Does anybody want to meet up? Or or where are you at? Or something general. I want to talk about X. And there will be somebody usually that responds. And I've saw this happen. I have seen this happen on every single one where you've put the general call out and someone has gone, hey, I'm here. And they go and, and like they came to the, the panels that you did, right? W- with Michelle or the one at C2E2. And I think that people underestimate how often people are wondering the same question and scrolling to see on social media what's going on. So I think that that is a really good way to, to do that if you're there. And as long as you're meeting there in, in a public forum, it's relatively safe.
1: There's always times where you're in a line or you're waiting for something or you're waiting for something to start or or, or something like that. And and you're looking down at your phone and you're just going to see different things. So it's always good. I don't think PodFest has an app, but the conventions that I go to generally have an app. So I'm always on them. And some of the apps now have chat rooms involved in them. But really, if I'm going to a convention now, I know at least five people that are going. And I make sure I make contact with them while Mm -hmm. I'm there. And like with Wynn, I know you know some of the people in the podcasting space that are going to be there. I would make sure that I contact them. And usually they'll be talking to somebody else. And you can meet somebody ancillary when you're talking to somebody that you already know and knows you, at least knows your name.
0: Also, uh, the second idea that I have. And this one won't really guarantee you to find somebody who is interested in the uh, conference, but it will get you to make contact with people while you're at a conference. This has worked very well for me. Um, and again, I'm I'm not saying who you're going to meet or the type of people, but what it is is you strip naked and run through the conference, and then what? usually usually you end up getting arrested, and you'll meet some people while you're in in the jail. So. Uh, you're going to meet those people. It's a way to contact people. Might not be what you were looking for, but it's worked for me.
1: I don't think those are the people that you want listening to your show. <laughs> <laughs> Just spitball in there. We we did get a question from PDX underscore podcast, and it was, I recently found my podcast listed in Google using a keyword search with Spotify as the result, albeit page four. Is SEO and show notes becoming more important? I think SEO and show notes have always been important, but the thing to remember about Google and Apple right now, and I I can't say about any of the other search environments is if you have a podcast there, they are internally searching your audio of your show. And I don't know how they are prioritizing that or like they taking the first two minutes, five minutes and then hitting some keywords and then taking the rest of your show with that or whatever. I, I haven't cracked the code or, I haven't paid attention to somebody else that has cracked the code with that. Uh, But as for show notes, I would always have at the top of your show notes, like two to three sentences that is really the hard hitting topics in your show. And don't like, don't do a keyword thing. Don't do keyword, 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 but make three coherent sentences and throw it in there. I think it is imperative with podcasts these days that you do that. Some people go, I won't say overboard, but they go to the next step and they put time codes in for the rest, like like a, a table of contents for the rest of your show. That's not really SEO. It helps people navigate your show. And I don't think it's all, all the time necessary because somebody is listen, interested in your show. They're going to listen to your show.
0: I also think there's a certain degree of We have to accept whatever happens on Google that's going to come from all of this big evolution with podcast directories and players and things like that because we're going to end up in a situation where these big companies, these big indexes are going to be what shows up. And we just, as a small fish with our small website in comparison, it's just not going to happen. Like I I don't want to get into all of the the hot topic conversation to do with the, whether or not big companies benefit by having you on their platform. But the reality is when you do a search for things, often top results are from bigger companies unless there's a very specific term. So it's just the nature of SEO. It seems as like the bigger companies end up in the higher search results. And so I don't, I, I'm not surprised to see Spotify being up there, especially with how quick they're picking up, too.
1: Right. This is just a reminder that we record this live every other Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on Geeks.Live. And if you're in the chat room, make sure that if you have a question, you pipe up and we will try to answer it on the show. We do have some questions that we received prior to the show, which we've been going through. The next one is from at Anchor Show. So the Anchor Show on Twitter. And they asked, here's one for you. You're a podcast guest being interviewed, but the host who's interviewing you keeps talking over you. They aren't being rude, but let's just call them passionate. What can the guest do? Asking for a friend. (laughs) Do you want to take it first or should I? I? I will, because actually this happened to me in the last year. I was being interviewed by somebody that was just really passionate and a couple of times it was just interactive. So you're in a conversation with somebody, you're talking about a subject that you're both interested in. Oh, right. Like,
0: absolutely. Sorry. Yeah, right. (laughs) Just like that, right?
1: Except for it's not like that. It's they have something else to say about it. And then they jump in. And so a couple of times you can take it that way. But if it continues, if it persists, and if they're trying to steer it towards the answer that they want to say, first of all, they should probably have a solo podcast. But second of all, uh, that... The thing that I've learned is if you are being interrupted by somebody and this is from producer SP, you just stop talking and you just let them go because in post-production, it's going to be hell trying to get that out. Even if you're both on separate tracks, it's a problem in in the post-processing. But normally when you're being interviewed, you're like thinking this person has only got one track. I mean, just case worst case scenario the best thing that you can do is stop talking. Now the other best thing that you can do then is acknowledge what they said. And if they're talking for a long time, make sure you write down the rest of your thought and then you can return to that thought and complete it. So you don't sound like if you only completed half a thought and the punchline to your thought, not necessarily a joke, but the, the thought is lost. Then you can at least come back to it later and sound more intelligent.
0: You know, SP and I don't talk about any of these before we, we do these live shows. Um, and you stole the words from my mouth. Uh, pen and paper, have it ready because of the fact that you want to make sure that if, you, if, if they do what SP just said was directed a way that you weren't going to respond, you want to definitely clarify your opinion so you can't be misconstrued as that. So I agree with SP. I think you just have to be quiet and let them talk. And if you get nothing out of it, it's their show where they don't, they're do not they not interviewing you. And at the end of it, they're the one that's going to edit it. And if you try to take another approach, you try to interrupt them, you try to to be rude, you try to comment on it, they're the one that has the ultimate take of whether or not they're going to put it out and how they're going to edit that together. And it's probably not going to be favorable for you. So let them talk. And as long as you're not like got days involved with this, what's the worst that happens? You're out a couple hours.
1: The other thing that I will mention is if you're preparing for an interview, think of the top three to five things that you want to say to the other person's audience. Write those down. Make sure you get to the top three, five, whatever you're trying to get out. But I I would say three to five. Make sure you get to those top ones early and, you definitely have those in the the interview because you might have a time cut short. It might not be your schedule. Might be their schedule. So let's just say you have an interview scheduled for forty five minutes. It takes you fifteen minutes to get connected, and the interviewer, which is bad form in my opinion, but it does happen. The interviewer has to go to another meeting, uh, has to take another interview, which happens. You know, people batch interview recordings. Or they have to go off to dinner, pick up a kid, whatever. So you have a time crunch right there. And then you don't get to say your most important things. And at the very end, if you're lucky, they'll say, do you have anything else to say? And you know you only got like 30 seconds. So you only have 30 seconds to actually say your most important point that you haven't gotten to yet. So just make sure that you're aware, even though the person that's interviewing you is asking the questions. Just make sure you get to your important points early there are in the recording.
0: Uh, by the way, uh, we, this isn't a question, but as much as it is a statement, uh, but I thought it was worth talking about a little bit here. We had Yakko.org in our Discord say, the last BP made me think about moving my currently dead, but hopefully soon to be show, revived show to Pinecast. Anyone have experience with it? How are the stats? And I think this is a good time that we can come and we can cycle back on something that we mentioned on Better Podcasting. Um. Stats, not I- I- IAB certified. So they claim to be compliant, but it's their interpretation of compliancy. Uh, I would say
1: Podbean is the same way. Yep. So it's not just Pinecast. Yeah.
0: Uh, I know Waffles has a couple of things that he'd like to see out of the stats side of things, but I do want to say that Pinecast just made another change to their stats. One of the biggest problems that I had with Pinecast, and I, I didn't want to say this on the last Better Podcasting because someone would take it out of context and say it, but I'll say it right here live. Uh, One of the problems that I had when I first talked about Pinecast on the show was that there seemed to be a lot of inactivity, a lot of promises that were happening or things that were apparently in the hopper, but I never saw fruition come from that been very different over the last year or so. And I've been very impressed with the feature changes that I've been seeing. And I think that this recent stats change is a really good indication that there are some really good things coming and also justification for that price increase that we've talked about. So Pinecast has been one that's been on my radar for a very long time because they have had the right answers in many cases. Um, they've had a couple things that I thought weren't necessarily the right answers, but they've had the right answers in very important spots that I thought showed a lot of promise. And I just hope that uh, this continues because I would love to see them on that IB certification list.
1: I asked a question at the end of the last Better Podcasting, and I will answer that on the next live episode of the the record numbered episode of Better Podcasting. Hey, Liberty Dude in the chat room asked a question as a guest, should you have your own agenda or just roll with their agenda? It's a very good question. I would say that you should have an agenda going into any interview. You should. You should say, okay, what am I trying to promote? What sort of things do I want to say about myself, about my work, and what about the subject matter that we are covering do I want to say? Those are all things that I should have prepared before I get interviewed. Now, a lot of people, first of all, get get interviewed a lot, so they already have a lot of these questions answered. Uh, But second of all, sometimes they just sit down, grip it, rip it, and either it turns out fantastic like they end up giving out stuff that you wouldn't think you'd hear from them or it'll sound like a bunch of rambling just stuff that you would get in a bar if you were sitting next to them but you leave the bar and you don't really think about the conversation later and so if you really want to impact people the other thing I will say is make sure you know the other person's podcast audience and make sure that you know what you're trying to say to that audience now with that said the host of the show is going to know or supposedly know their audience. So maybe they're going to steer you in some direction. So you can go with that, but make sure you're prepared.
0: I think that if you look at all sorts of other mainstream interviews, let's use late night talk shows as an example, there's always an agenda. Are there things in between that are casual? They are, they are uh, off the cuff questions and answers. Yes. But those guests coming on absolutely have an agenda. And a lot of times that even that off the cuff is pre-discussed. So I think that uh, absolutely you, you should know what you some of the key things are. But as someone who is being asked to be interviewed, I think that you have you should also give yourself uh, the benefit of asking what sort of things are you looking to cover on this? so that you have an idea whether you're wasting your time or not. Because if they ask you uh, to talk about something that you're not comfortable talking about, or you feel that you're really not educated enough to be an authority on, then are you smart to take that interview and talk out your rear to which people see that you're talking out your rear? And you might look worse than if you had just not done that. So uh, by asking that, you're able to prepare that agenda that is in line with the purpose of their show and their interview.
1: There's something to be said about getting interviewed as experienced too. So don't worry if you've never been interviewed before, just go with it the first couple of times you might be nervous, but you know, have a plan going in, even if it's a, a sketchy plan and by sketchy, I just mean like an outline plan. Uh, just have a, a little plan going in and then learn from it. And then next time get better and better and better. I guess Waffles. That's, oh yeah. Go ahead. You go. We're, no, we're not editing you, this. We don't edit this show. I know. You I know. You, 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 you guess what? I'm I'm interested <laughs> to hear what you have to say here. You're 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 guessing that what?
0: No, no. I was I was saying that I think I guess we're getting towards the end of the show. But if you have one more thing you want to say, go ahead. <laughs> the awkwardness. Oh, we,
1: okay. Oh, I see. So you're trying to end the show, and I'm I'm trying to go to the go next ahead. one. I was just gonna say. Waffles said they let you get stats from Podtrack and chartable, so no problem. So that's good if you know how to redirect your stats with Podcast, Yeah, I wish I could get daily stats for every episode in a way that doesn't mean I have to open the episode uh, page for each episode, but I'm a weirdo. They're fairly consistent with themselves and do audit their stats. They might audit their stats, but I don't know if it's the same as certifiable audit stats.
0: So I have to say that, I, again, they're not certified, but I do believe that they are taking, this is my personal belief, they are taking merits from the documentation that is being provided by the IAB and they're looking um they're doing audits based off of the information that they've got available to them because of the fact that they are very clear with saying what they're removing and they have good explanations on the bots and the things that are being removed and it seems sensible to me cuz i've read these whenever they posted about it and been transparent about a drop so i i do think that they're they probably are trying to be in line. I just don't know whether they're 100% in line or not. I would think not unless you're stamped certified.
1: Yeah, I, you know. Which,
0: okay, by the way, so. I should say right now, I also have my own personal conspiracy theories about, about <laughs> the ongoing nature of the IB certification. So they're certified now. It's an evolving platform of what needs to be removed and things like that. Are they required to have scripting that automatically pulls them out? Or is it up to them to individually remove? I know there's one company that personally disagrees with one of the bots that are in there. So would they rem- is this an ongoing issue? So anyways, that's my conspiracy.
1: Yeah. And then when is the next time they're going to be audited? So could they change stuff after they're audited? And will anybody care? That sort of thing. Yeah. Well, we have had a great time tonight. And this is unscripted, this is your questions. If you're in the chat, we will definitely answer as many of them as we can get to tonight. I think we answered all the questions that were brought up in the chat. And we will be doing this again in two weeks. As long as you guys keep supporting us, we'll keep on doing it. This is for you. And we're we're expected to take time off. And I convinced Steven to go ahead and do the show unscripted for our audience on every other week. So we're here for you. And if you're still getting some benefit out of it, we'll continue doing it.
0: I do have to mention, though, right now that uh, we are truly unscripted, unlike the unscripted television.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, The Bachelor. Yeah, that's a fun one this time around. No, I did not watch it.
0: Well, on that note, for another episode of Better Podcasting Live... I'm Steven John Drew saying we'll lock it down a name when I create that RSS feed, which should be by the next time we do this.
1: I'm SP saying, take your time, Steven. We got another eight episodes to go before we can launch with 10 episodes. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) See you. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.